Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. If we think back to warmer times back last July, you may remember that uh, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops had um, put together a, uh, a conference where delegates from dioceses around the United States would uh, get together uh, really at um, – the impetus was the – Apostolic exhortation of Pope Francis, the joy of the gospel. So you remember, may remember back in June, if you're a regular listener of the program or the podcast, that Dennis Mahaney from Evangelization and Parish Life came on the program to talk about, you know, what the plan was, what the conference was about, and what the hope was going forward. Uh, hopefully, we're at the that part now, the going forward part, and uh, we are. Dennis has come back uh, to the program. And joining him is Kathy Goller, who also was in attendance, part of our Buffalo delegation from Youth and Young Adult Ministry here in the diocese. Welcome, both of you. Thanks for coming back to the program. Delighted. Thanks. Happy to be here. Uh, it, 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 timing is good because normally uh, uh, in many years we hear from Kathy this time of year anyway because your youth convention is about a month away now, right? It sure is. We're excited to celebrate True Story this year. True Story. Um, of course, our true story is the gospel, right? It sure so, is. Uh, 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 we might hear how joy of the gospel plays into that this year as uh, we go. Uh, Dennis, just to start though, I, I want to go back. Uh, let's go back to that conference. Tell us what the why it was initiated, what the thought was, and kind of who participated at the time. Sure. The, uh, it's a convocation. So right. for people, conferences usually are educational. Yeah, I always do. Yeah, I, <clears throat> and I, this was I a, made the same mistake last time you were on actually. Oh, so. really? Okay. So, <laughs> so this was a gathering of all the people who are trying to if you will, make the gospel a reality in America. And that was the sub subtitle, The Joy of the Gospel in America. <clears throat> so to implement the exhortation of Pope Francis, uh, how do we do that? And the, there were some conclusions that the bishops in their own study had done about we have to be more provocative and evocative and you know imaginative about communicating the gospel. Jesus had no problem with that. It was evoking reaction from people and uh, some would say, you know, Jesus still has no PR problem, but maybe we do. Maybe the way we're getting the gospel message across is, you know, lackluster. And how can we, if you will, regain that joy we have of the gospel and be joyful, uh, witnesses again, and how do we help and equip other people to do that too? Okay. Uh, so again, how do, how do we pick who was part of our delegation here? In the <clears throat> we had a very uh, broad uh, – span of people from some who were, if you will, um, experts in various areas and a few of them worked for uh, work in offices in the diocese. We also had people who are from – who are I would call practitioners, innovative practitioners. They're not just people who are involved in parishes, for example, but they're uh, people who were doing already imaginative things. They were already being evocative and, and claiming this uh, – the joy of the gospel in their own ministry. We also had people who were um, active in missionary efforts, so disengaged, if you will, not specifically connected to the um, the institutional structure of the church, 
but creating things, uh, freestanding things for young adults, for example. Um, so movements involving people that are less, less, maybe even less present on Sunday. Because the purpose of this was not just to make it joyful, but to take that joy to the periphery, what Pope Francis says, a missionary discipleship. So we had people from all kind of elements of the church and even outside the church, Catholic health and various other areas of um, the way the church lives out the gospel in Western New York. Yeah, I, you know, and, and to that point, I would think, um, sure, we want to be more joyful about how we proclaim and celebrate the gospel in our parishes, at, at liturgies, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it doesn't do us a lot of good if we don't reach beyond that. Right, yeah. if we don't go outside of our doors. That's right. We need to mobilize the people who are engaged, who are convinced, and uh, and point them outward. That's what Jesus did with the first disciples, and that's what we continue to do. And I think a big reminder from the conference was about to, to your point about it. It's not enough to be joyful on Sunday at Mass. Is the emphasis on being missionaries in everyday life and being joyful in our lives, so that. Every moment and every aspect of our lives is giving witness to Christ and that we are being there for others and sharing joy with others, whether we're at mass or whether we're at work, whether we're at the grocery store, whether we are ooh, at home with our families. How do we carry that joy of the Lord everywhere? That was, that was a real emphasis, I think, from our time. Even now. online. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are afraid to be faithful online. Uh, well, and that's uh, a whole other topic, which we're actually going to be covering as a as a diocese as well um, in just a couple of weeks. That's right. Here. So, uh, but um, yeah, reaching beyond what I, in, in many ways what people think the Catholic Church is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To, sure. to something different. I, I like having um, you folks on because you make my job. Easy. Uh, and uh, our guests are Dennis Mahaney and uh, Kathy Goller. Uh, Dennis, of course, Director of Evangelization and Parish Life in the Diocese and Kathy from Youth and Young Adult Ministry. Um, you were leading me exactly where I wanted to go next anyway, Kathy. Um, so obviously, uh, we did learn some things through this convocation mm-hmm. process. You want to highlight what some of those are? You want to give us the Cliff's Notes there, there were so many. I, uh, I, yeah. Looking back at my notes, I'm, I'm laughing about how small I needed to write to fit my notes well, in the pages oh, well, of the book they gave us. When um, Dennis was on before, I mean, we kind of highlighted a bunch of the projected sessions, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, for a good reason. It was really kind of all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. we were trying to cover a lot of ground, mm-hmm. right? So I don't expect that our results are going to be any different. Right. Okay. It was uh, the, the plenary sessions, certainly the large group sessions that everyone was a part of were rich and, and lots of great topics. And then there were many, many, many breakouts that yeah. really were topics across – I don't even just want to say church world, but across life um, to, to talk about ways that the church can bring the gospel to these aspects of life. But I think going back to you know what Dennis was saying, that the, the, the impetus for this conference coming out of the research the bishops had done about you know what is it that people are looking for, I think was that con- – so that was a constant kind of undertone in the conference or the convocation about reminding us that everyone is hurting in some way. And that wasn't said to be a downer but a, a, a grounding and a reminder of the need for the gospel and people's need for mercy and healing and hospitality. Um, also, some of the things you've said, Greg, point to this – was, this was also a real highlight there uh, in lots of different ways talking about the church's need to be relevant and credible, that – 
as Dennis pointed out, Jesus continues to be evocative and provocative and relevant, but I think there's a translation problem sometimes with some of the church's efforts, and the church really needs to find ways to be relevant, to be credible, and that was really, to me, one of the big focuses of the the convocation of um, trying to really address people's question of we don't want to hear more loudly what we believe. We want to hear more about why we believe it and what what that calls us to do. How do we put that into action? Does it really have an impact? Mm-hmm. Can we really make a difference? Mm-hmm. One of the lines that struck me, and it was actually, it's from Pope Benedict from years ago, but it was it was new to me, was a definition, if you will, of evangelization. You know, lots of people have their definition or their way of focusing it. And his was simply this, to address poverty in all its forms. And I say simply this, almost ironic, because when we really think about what does it mean to when we think about those poverty in all of its forms, that is not just material poverty, right? That is folks who are poor in spirit. Those are – can be any of us can have aspects of our life in which we are impoverished and yet Christ could make such a difference. So I loved that definition. It really kind of helped spark my imagination about the the forms of poverty that I'm trying to address in my ministry or that we might address as we come forward. Well, that's a – again, we could give dozens of examples – of that, and uh, I'll just point to one because it remains here in 2018 one of the um, top stories and topics on the news cycle: um, opiate addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a symptom that people are hurting. Mm-hmm. That there is this poverty of spirit, of, of personhood, or. Mm-hmm. Whatever else, and not that this, you know, not, not that this conference was about opiate addiction, but science point. All you got to do is read the newspaper, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, um, people concerned about their taxes, the where the economy is going. We're in this boom period, but is that going to last? All these, all these kinds of of, of things, and um, you know, one of the words that I thought of is, is your as you were kind of characterizing um, what are we trying to be as church. And I think um, even though he doesn't necessarily use the word, when you look at the papacy of Pope Francis, one of the other things he's trying to be as or make the church try to be is accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a, a certain – I think there's a certain perception that we're this in-club you know mm-hmm. that um, that somebody off the street can't necess- has to jump through a lot of hoops maybe to be a part of. Sure. And Pope Francis is saying mm, we don't want people to think that anymore. Yeah, we we need to change the way we do business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we coined the the term parochialism because we were so clear about who we were by who we were not, <clears throat> and even within Catholics. I don't belong to that parish. So we we were good at sorting people uh, historically. <clears throat> and, and Pope Francis responds to that with, what is parish? Um, you think it's a place. You think it's a, a worship experience. He said, I think parish is a mission field. And if it's a mission field, then our energy should be directed out there. And we should be reaching out and we should be finding and living our faith out loud out where everyone is feeling need and has hunger, spiritual hungers, and is deeply hoping to pursue holiness in their lives. 
And they're doing it in a variety of ways these days, and we can't presume they're going to do it exactly the way we've done it. Yeah, I, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the specifics of, okay, so how do we take these concepts and where do we go from here? But when I'm listening to Dennis Cathy, I'm thinking, yeah, that's one of the things that the um, specifically the youth convention has been trying to do for years is to get our young people – to think outside of that box, mm -hmm. right? Right, to empower them for mission. Uh, we are past the days where it's enough to just gather young people or to try to heal their hurts or help their wounds and, and make them whole people. That's part of it. But that should be for the purpose then of sending them out because then they can truly be the missionaries to their peers. That is the best form of evangelization among the young is that, that sense of peer witness. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we talk about Pope Francis and his different vision, his vision comes from the peripheries. Uh, so when he's talking about parish as mission field, it's really almost with that mindset of looking from the outside and who are the people who feel, as you said, excluded, who feel like they don't belong. Sometimes that's a definition of young people. They feel like they don't belong and they often feel excluded. They understand the peripheries and they have a natural ability that we can tap into to be sent to the peripheries. You know, the, the teens, for instance, who come to the youth convention is, is we know is only a fraction of the teens in our, in our local area. But if those teens can come and have an experience this year particularly of coming to know that true story by which, of course, we mean know Jesus, not even just the story, but they know the person and have their hearts filled, then they can take that out to all those young people that, that we don't get to meet because they're a little bit more on the peripheries. Kathy Gowler is Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Buffalo. Also joining us, Dennis Mahaney, uh, Director of Evangelization and Parish Life. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back and talk more about um, some of the things we're doing to implement some of the ideas from this Joy of the Gospel Convocation. We'll be right back. Make your voice heard. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. And visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. I'm Greg Prince. Thanks for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Dennis Mahaney and Kathy Goller join us today. We're talking about uh, the convocation last summer, Joy of the Gospel, and how we're trying to get that to bear fruit here in the Diocese of Buffalo. Uh, so y y you guys have been meeting, and uh, you know, even though um, we're just talking about it again now, you know, six seven months later, you, some of the folks, and some other folks have been meeting regularly since then, right? To kind of discuss, okay, what do we do with this? Yes, right? we've set up uh, areas of priority where we think either the need is greatest, or we think we can have we have capacity as a church to respond. And so we have created these design teams. And one of those design teams is around pastoral leadership formation. So I work with three or four of the other people on the commission specifically about how do we engender a joy for the gospel and people who are, well, let's face it, they've gotten tired. They're tired in their ministry, tired in their own prayer life perhaps, and they're getting worn down by incredible demands 
you know, uh, any any parish, any parish pastor, faith formation leader, youth minister, they, they, they can't put in enough time to get done just what's required to maintain the ministries that are going on in, in the parish, much less to be a missionary and take on more. So we, uh, we're talking about ways to how do, we, how do we put the people who are either new to ministry or who are getting tired in ministry, how do we let them rub shoulders again with the people who are excited about their ministry? And there are people all over Western New York who there's no reason why they should be smiling as much as they're smiling. And yet they still smile even facing significant challenges not to mention the the physical challenges of keeping various ministries going, uh, you know. And you've you've uh, talked to many of these people, whether it's response to love sure. or, you know, it's the first one that came to mind. Yeah, to be sure. With the Janamola yeah. Center, pregnancy sure. outreach. Exactly. There's a lot of people who are joyful people at Harvest House and at the Good Neighbor Center. There's people, Catholics out there, who are doing tremendous things, and yet some of them. You just wonder, where do you get your energy from? And it's because they don't just know who Jesus is. They know Jesus. And this is the source of their strength. And they literally are recharging themselves with every encounter. They're encountering Christ in the face of people in need, people who come seeking more faith, greater holiness, or or to help with their lives that get overwhelming. We want to put our people learning to be in ministry and who have been in ministry, we want to put them together with those people and have them ask questions about why are you still smiling and where do you get your joy from and how do you, how do you sustain yourself in the midst of all that's going on and let them, let them share a little bit of the inspiration that continues to guide them so that we really begin to bank the fires of that, the, the fire burning within, right, in the hearts of people. Uh, as Pope Francis said, are our hearts still able to warm people? Is the faith that we have still able to warm people who we meet along the road? So just like the road to Emmaus, we want people to, to meet Christ and we want them to know what it's like to minister with the people who are always afire with Christ. Do you have something you wanted to add to that? Not to add yeah, to that. Okay. I was thinking ahead to uh, some of the other projects and just getting Again, that's about why them. I like having you folks down. That mm-hmm. uh, saves me ask, asking a lot of questions. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. So, so number two, <laughs> I guess, after you know Dennis's uh, design team about pastoral leadership is the design team I've been working with um, focused on young missionary disciples, which is how do we empower those young people who are already living as young missionary disciples and how do we reach – the many, many, many more who are not yet on that path, and how do we reach them with the joy of the gospel? Um, our design team of, of five people has been meeting probably twice a month in many, for most months um, to try to, to really get our arms around. It's a huge challenge for the church, right? We've recognized this for years, that particularly when it comes to young people, that's where we're, we're seeing the most losses in terms of affiliation rates. And so we recognize there's realities that we really want to reach out to. Um, we also realize that there's no one program or project that we could start that is going to change that tide because it is so so large. So we're really thinking about those strategies that will have maximum impact kind of as a the pebble dropped in a, a pond that will have ripple effects. The idea that we're considering, um, we're kind of excited about. We're calling it right now the evangelization incubator. Think about the small business incubators, especially around here in Western New York. We have so many of them that have emerged, this idea of a a business incubator whose purpose is to help new or startup companies to develop and and, and really fine-tune their product and help them with their marketing, help them with their taxes and their finance and all those practicalities. 
we wondered if we could apply the same sort of thinking to the area of evangelization. Could we create an incubator? It might not be a physical place, you know, not a storefront per se, but a place, a, a virtual place perhaps, or this idea of a community of people who are on fire who perhaps especially are from different places and parishes and schools and, and, and institutions around the diocese who maybe in their own home setting don't get enough feed to, to fuel to keep that fire burning. So can we create a community of people that will fuel that but also will fuel their creativity and their innovation? And could this incubator provide training and support, formation, networking, so that people could begin to develop their own personal evangelization strategies? So it's not necessarily the idea that it's a diocesan office that's going to spin off all these mini programs. It may be one person or a pair of people who have a passion on their hearts for a very specific niche of people that they want to reach out to, as Jesus would. And can we help provide them with the tools they need to do that and to do that more effectively than they might have just done it on their own um, to give them a little bit more support in that way? Well, and, you know, I I highlighted earlier, um, you know, we have a – Workshop day coming up in a in a couple of weeks, becoming digital Catholics. Okay, and um, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about yeah, you know, here's one of the I guess historic problems that we face as a church, and particularly in our parishes. Somebody new joins a parish, or somebody's um, been in a parish for a long time that's never been actively engaged. They go to mass on Sunday or whatever else, and you know, what we have offered them, and I don't mean this is all we've offered them, but, you know, when, when people ask what they can do, they get all the standard, well, you could be a greeter or you could be a, a Eucharistic minister or you could be, yes, you could be on the, yeah, help with the parish dinner or whatever else. But um, the world and how we interact with it is changing. And these days, we need to find out who could maybe help a parish build a website mm-hmm. or maintain their social media connection? There's a lot of different avenues, as you mentioned, for people to put their skills and creativity mm-hmm. into play for their church. And even in ways to to go beyond just the idea of promoting – not just promoting their parish, but the idea of just promoting Christ yeah. and how they're reaching out uh, in, in, in warm and hospitable ways online because those sometimes are few and far between these days. And how, how can we encourage people to live their faith? How this incubator example, um, one of the ways we're thinking of focusing it is that the ideas really, especially initially, should really focus on the digital continent and using the, the technology that's available to us to help people connect. I have this idea for evangelization. How can that be done online? How could that be done um, in ways on the digital continent? Yeah, it's it's always been important, but I think now more than ever, um, it's really important to get our message out to the people that we're not seeing every Sunday. P- and that, people live online. Yeah. It's just the reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're there every day, and it's a it's mm-hmm. a fairly effective way to reach out to people again who we otherwise not, might not be able to engage with. Mm-hmm. We only got a couple minutes left. I think there was another area we wanted to talk about, right? That we're focusing on. Um, There's going a, forward. one of the other design teams is is thinking about uh, perhaps proposing a, a year of listening. <clears throat> so the this notion we we well, were all that's very, kind of a novel concept for us too. Oh well, yeah, some ways. in a way, yeah, right. yeah because what what we've what we kind of were convinced about, if you will, all of us there in Orlando, was we're all insiders. <laughs> 
and uh, <clears throat> and we we were invited to step out into the periphery. So who's on the periphery, and how do you how do you really get to know how credible you are, and how do you get to know how relevant? Jesus is relevant, right? Jesus is still the most fascinating person any of us has ever met. And yet, if, if people don't know that, and if they don't know who Christ is, it's because of the ambassadors. So how do we change the way we do business so that we affect our real purpose, our original purpose, our real general intent? And so um, I know the, you know, like NPR has this new story core thing where they're trying to get people from the two extremes to talk to each other, right? Obviously politics, economics, sure, whatever. Sure. But are there ways that we could convene conversations between the insiders and the outsiders so that we can become more fluent, if you will, in the language of our culture mm-hmm. with the message of the gospel? Can we be – can we accompany, as Pope Francis would say, can we truly accompany people who are a little bit different, who walk different, talk different, think differently about their own spiritual hungers and their own quest for holiness because we're convinced that once we are engaged in that conversation, we've got nothing to worry about. We've got nothing to be afraid of. Jesus is the answer to every existential question. But if we're not paying attention to hear the questions, well, of course, people are going to close their ears to our answer so how do we do that? So there's, of course, that's going to take various forms, but it's going to, it's going to mean we're going to need to identify people who are open to step out there. And this could be with people who are, have disabilities, profound disabilities. It could be with people in prison. It could be people who are alienated from the church. What we need to do is begin listening to the people who used to find us there as their spiritual home and no longer consider us relevant. And it's, and it's different from, it's not really about um, giving people what they want, you know, like it's it's not. Geez, I wish the church was more like this, but it's more about. It sounds like um, determining, yeah, what do people really need from us, and are are we doing that, and can we do that? And, and do they misunderstand us? There's a lot of Catholics yeah. who are remarried, or who are outside the church in non-sanctioned unions in one way, shape, or other. Who, who find themselves excluded or think they're excluded think, when yeah. they aren't. They might be divorced, but that doesn't mean you're excluded because you're divorced. And a lot of Catholics have a lot of misunderstandings about who we are as a church and what it means to belong to a parish. I, I don't think there's any mystery why Pope Francis kind of addressed that almost out of the gate, you know, in his papacy. Sure. I mean, sure. it, you know, yeah, that's a huge concern, particularly in this country, and also maybe even more so in in European countries. That this sure. this notion that I, I'm not I'm not allowed to be a part of that and we, anymore. And we've forgotten family is still the most powerful discipling mechanism in the history of our species. Mm-hmm. And if we're not partnering with parents who basically communicate the message to their children, who mediate the lives of their children, who are the most influential people in the lives of all children, we are literally losing one of the most essential partners we have in passing on the faith. So how can you transmit the faith without families? Oh, that's a tough tough shot. I've got about another half hour worth of things I – would like to talk to you about. I don't have another half hour today. Um, so uh, th- we'll this come is back on, anytime. Th- well, this is ongoing, so I know we're gonna. We want to talk about some of that. I like that that uh, listening idea, and I think that uh, you know that that can really provide some 
fruit and some good opportunity for discussion going down the road. But uh, um, thank you for your work. Thank you for following up on this and uh, keeping us moving in the right direction. Dennis Mahaney, Director of Evangelization and Parish Life for the Diocese, and Kathy Guller, who is Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. And Kathy, especially, best of luck with the uh, conference next month. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way, uh, visit our uh, website, wnycatholic.org slash radio. You can also find us under news and information at buffalodiocese.org. And what do you know, Dennis and Kathy's information is all there at buffalodiocese.org as well. So kind of one-stop shopping for you. We always like to hear from you. And if you want to follow up on our uh, podcast, they're all there as well. Uh, You could even go back and hear uh, what Dennis had to say way back when last June uh, before the uh, convocation that we uh, discussed the follow-up to today. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. If you have a comment about this week's program or need more information about anything you hear on Western New York Catholic Weekly, call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. Our email address again is radio at buffalodiocese.org or call 847-8744. You can visit the Western New York Catholic and the Diocese of Buffalo online at buffalodiocese.org. And be sure to join Greg Prince again next week for Western New York Catholic Weekly.